Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, September 14th. We are here live. We're opening the phone lines right now, so jump in and join us. It is a health free-for-all all day today. So if you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all to do with health, food, fitness, nutrition, diet, disease, drugs, training, lifestyle, you name it, we'll talk about it. All you have to do is pick up the phone and join us. All right, it's time to bring in Lauren. Welcome back. Thanks, Kevin. Good to be back. I have a question for you when you're sleeping. Okay. Okay. I've been listening. I've been listening so far. And, um, and the previous caller mentioned that he did have trouble in the past because he was a mouth breather. I was wondering, do you breathe out of your nose or your mouth predominantly? So the one mistake I can't make, and, and I, I don't do it very often, I cannot sleep on my back. Mm-hmm. If I sleep on my back, I, I, you okay. would probably swear I do have sleep apnea. Um, I tend to sleep on my stomach primarily and sometimes my side. I don't have a breathing issue when I sleep. I've checked blood ox. I've checked all kinds of things. I really don't. If Mm -hmm. I, like I said, if I end up on my back for some stupid reason and it happens once in a while, then I'll have a problem. I'll snore. I'll stop breathing. So I don't do well on my back, but I don't sleep on my back. So. Um, but yeah, I've checked enough times to know it's not an oxygen thing. Look, honestly, I I know this might sound egotistical, but I'm not sure that there's any research or anything out there about sleep that I haven't read yet. I really don't. And And it's kind of discouraging because I've read everything I can find. I mean, there's more stuff, but when I read it, it's, it's just covering the same things. And what it really comes down to is we just don't know much about sleep at all. Yeah, I agree with that. There's a lot to learn yet. Yeah. And yeah, I was just curious about that because, you know, with the whole mouth breathing thing, that is a thing. And that was funny. Oh, no that doubt. Yeah. It, brought up already. It, it really is a thing. And, yeah. and I've been through all of that. Is it, there are so many reasons that can stop us from sleeping. And then the weird thing that we've just seemed to have proven across the board. When you find something that helps, it won't last. That's the really yeah. frustrating thing. <laughs> it's just you, you, somebody says, oh, you got to try this supplement. It worked beautifully for me. And you try, you go, oh, oh, I slept so good. And then a week later, it does nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. I agree with that one. And there are, there. there are some things that they tell us are, should promote sleep the one that I absolutely have to avoid. So when when I used to sleep good, and there was a time most of my life I slept really good, even when I had a goofy schedule as a driver, I was going back and forth from days to nights, and I, I still slept fine. I never had sleep issues. It was the midnight radio huh. show. When, when I started the midnight radio oh, show, yeah. And here was my schedule, and this will kind of tell you why I can't get out of this pattern almost. So I am an early sleeper and an early riser. I always have been, as an adult at least, as a 
not as a kid so much, but as an adult, (laughs) get up really early, go to bed really early. I love that schedule. I said my best schedule ever. um, I was working at home, coaching wrestling. I get up at 4.30 in the morning with no alarm, just wake up at 4.30. Mm -hmm. I get dressed, head to the gym. I'd be standing at the door when it opened at 5.00. I'd get a good workout in. I'd go home. I'd work all day in the office. At the end of the day, I'd knock off early, like two o'clock. I'd go coach wrestling for a couple hours. I'd come home. I'd eat. I'd read. I'd go back to sleep again. In bed at 8.30, asleep at 9, awake at 4.30. Absolutely loved it. So back then, Mm. you know, occasionally you would have one of those days, a little stressful. Something as, as, you know, minor as sleepy time tea would be enough to just, you know, for me, that was like a sleeping pill. Then they came out with sleepy time extra, had a couple other things in it. I took sleepy time extra, could Uh absolutely could not fall asleep. And it took me a while to figure out why. Valerian root. Valerian root is a very, very common sleep aid. If I take it, it does the exact opposite. I will have a horrible night's sleep. Interesting. There's so much about this we just don't know yet. And from, you know, from that, whenever I screwed up my sleep cycle, I haven't been able to fix it since. That was 15 years ago. Wow. I mean, and you do everything right. Like basically every recommendation, you're already living that. I know. So you would think it all come together. So just to give you an example, I just said Fred and I, 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 he's going to be a really good comparison for me because we have a lot of things very similar and we have one thing wildly different and it's our sleep. I see some of his sleep scores in the high 80s. So the sleep score is zero to a hundred. So many times he's in the high eighties. My average is in the forties. His is double mine almost every night. Now let's use last night as an example. I think he was in the high eighties or something last night. You know what my sleep score was last night? And I said, I kind of screwed it up with the whole, I pushed too hard on the board and all that stuff. My sleep score last night was zero. 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 I got two hours and 53 minutes of really poor quality sleep. Wow. I got zero deep sleep, zero REM sleep, two hours and 53 minutes of light sleep, and it shows that I was awake over an hour, um, which really is inaccurate because there's about four hours that it doesn't even register that I was trying to sleep. Wow. That is a bad night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that is. Even for me, that's a bad night's sleep. But that's what happens. You, you know, you said, you talking about me, I do most things right. I do. I know all of this stuff. I try to make sure I go out early in the morning and get sunlight on my eyes. I do all the things, the sleep hygiene, all, all that stuff. And yet, and then all it takes, I'm doing all the things right. I'm getting poor quality sleep and all it takes is for me to do a couple things wrong and my sleep is just zero i mean it's not going to get any worse than that 
No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's sleep score goes into the negative numbers. But then here's the other thing. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, clearly on a morning like this, I had a rough time getting started. I tried to stay in bed as long as I could just to recover a little more. I'll struggle today. But already I'm kind of thinking, you know, considering I had a zero sleep score, I don't feel all that bad right now. Wow. Well, that's that's good. That's a positive. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I function really well considering my sleep is so poor, which is another reason why I think we just don't have sleep right. We don't understand this. You know, all these, oh, you know, adults have to get seven hours of sleep. Well, what if you don't? What if you don't? What am I what should I be looking out for? I monitor all my health numbers. In in fact, as long as I'm working on my stress protocol, my numbers will continue to get better, even if sleep doesn't. HRV will go up, heart rate is good, blood sugar stable, all my biometric data is good. But I, I've had horrible sleep for 15 years. Gosh, that's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. I'll tell you how bad. I mean, especially considering you've had good food before. Yeah. Well, do you know why I live on the West Coast? I never used to. No. Because instead of instead of the radio show being at midnight, it was at nine o'clock when I moved here. Mm. That's why I did it. I had to. I had to get away from that that midnight show. I felt like it was killing me. Our original plan. We go back to 2012, um, Lisa and I went and spent a month in Hawaii. I was going to move to Hawaii because then I would have been on the air at 6 o'clock at night. Yep, so that would have helped. <laughs> we went over and spent a month in Hawaii and we looked at houses and we, we seriously thought about buying property and moving over there. And the biggest reason I didn't was because we still love to travel and we go to events and it would just be a lot more complicated if we were living in Hawaii, but the hours would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's my, All of this for sleep. Get good sleep. that's my new project. I have no idea where to go or what to start on. Cause I feel like I've read almost everything, but I'm going to go, Dig some more and see what I can find. And I, I'm I'm really, really hoping I have some sort of a big breakthrough on sleep the way we did on stress. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. I mean, there's continuous research going on what you know when it comes to sleep. And you're right, we just we're just not there yet. We just don't know enough. So I yeah, think we, I have a high hope. Part of the problem, too, is I have tested, not exaggerating, I'll bet I've tested at least 20 devices that measure our sleep. Rings, watches, chest straps, things that sit on the side of your bed, stuff on your phone. I mean, I've tested just about every sleep tracker available, and there's zero consistency. It's like we're all measuring a bunch of different things, and nothing really makes any sense. Yeah. I need to come up with a number for sleep and a measurement for sleep like HRV is for metabolic health. 
I am completely convinced now HRV is our absolute best marker of metabolic health. We should be monitoring HRV and working to improve it, which is what the whole stress protocol does. And that's how I did it, because I had that number. You know, I had a number, and, and not only was there a number, but we knew it worked. We know when your mm-hmm. HRV gets stronger, you will feel the difference. You will feel better. There's a direct correlation. I haven't found a number in sleep yet that there's a direct correlation. I mean, not even deep sleep. You know, I'm looking at Fred. He gets the whole night of deep sleep. He gets more deep sleep in a night sometimes than I get in an entire week. And yet there are times when I can build my body battery back to 100 and many times he's not able to. Even with that crazy good sleep. But is he doing other things? Because you're doing a lot to mitigate that's your stress level. Correct, and that's that's why he's such a great uh, subject for me on this now because he's actively mm-hmm. doing the protocol. Okay, okay. So it'll be interesting to see it, right. what changes. Right. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It, very. Very. Yeah, now that we can measure stress in, in like a real stress measurement, it's interesting to see you can be asleep and be in outrageously high amounts of stress. Sleeping. Mm-hmm. That seems kind of bizarre. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's the new project. That's what I'll be working on. Well, it's a good one. Yeah. So um, did you hear about my adventures on the board? I did. It sounds to me like you've got what we call stoke. (laughs) Is that right? Is that a surfing term? It is. It definitely is. It's just that excitement. Excitement that you get that, you know, that's keeping you out there for four hours when everyone else who's getting started is giving up after an hour or two. (laughs) I just, I almost didn't quit. You know, I had to come in and I had to adjust the foil on my board again. I actually think I'm going to have to get a new foil. I think I bought the wrong foil. I have a feeling. Uh, For some reason, I don't know why, when people look at me, they always think I'm bigger and heavier than I really am. I, I, I don't think they think I'm fat, but um, I was, I, I'm, I like could, dense. something, yeah. So, and most of this stuff, the size of your wing, the size of the board, the size of your foil, weight plays a factor because all of these things create a certain amount of lift and we're trying to manage that lift. Well, lift is very different if there's a 200 pound person standing on that board and I'm, you know, soaking wet, I'm about 150. So I think they just, I think they gave me a board with too much lift and definitely a foil. I can deal with the board. The foil, though, is making me kind of crazy. And the foil is the one thing I have zero experience with. You know, I've been towed behind a boat on just about everything you can imagine. Skis, knee boards, wake boards, boogie boards, just you name it. Um, I thought Mm -hmm. the board part of this was going to be easy. I couldn't have been more wrong. 
this foil is making me crazy. But I, I got to the point where I'm like, why am I not getting this? So I saw this other guy and he was actually trying to help his friend learn. So I asked him, I said, hey, can you come here? I said, is this, does this foil look right? I said, I can't keep this thing in the water. The foil, the minute I come up on the foil, it wants to shoot me out of the water. And he said, well, I wouldn't be able to tell you if it's right unless I wrote it. There's so many. And I said, well, here, write it. He's like, all right. So he grabbed my wing and my board, my foil, and he jumped up on it. He's, he's fairly good. I mean, he was good enough that he jumped right up on it, got up on the board, got up on the foil. But the minute he got up on the foil, the same thing happened. It almost launched him out of the water. Now, he's a good 30, 40 pounds heavier than I am. And he tried a couple times. He got frustrated. He came back. He said, I don't know what's wrong. He said, but I can't ride that foil. He said, I, it just feels like it has too much lift. And you can even adjust it from zero to 10. I started at seven thinking I needed lift. I got to zero and it's still too much. So I think I'm going to, well, I'm not going to go today, but um, I think we're going to have good conditions this weekend. I think I'm going to go buy a smaller foil because uh, I just, I can't keep it in the water. Yeah, that, that sounds like a problem, especially if you're just learning. Yeah, yeah. The guy's like, I, he's like, I, I don't know. He said, I rented a board one time and had this problem. And he said, I think it is the foil. It's just got too much lift. Yeah. Huh. You know, if somebody was 200 plus pounds and a beginner, that lift would probably be right. But for me, I just, I, I can't control the, the foil. I can't keep it in the water. Yeah, that's a problem for sure. It that's is. not going to make anything <laughs> easy. Yeah, so, but I, I, I had a good day. I got up. I, I can get up much quicker now. I can get up on the board. I can get up on the foil. I do have to learn. I didn't realize this. Um, you know, when you water ski, you have a strong leg. And I think I'm actually backwards if I remember right. I think most right-handed water skiers put their right foot forward. I put my right foot back and I always have. And I think there's even a term for it. They call it goofy foot or some, it's like the opposite of what most yeah. people do. Is, have you heard that term goofy foot? What, wait, so, oh yeah, I'm goofy foot. I have oh, okay. goofy foot. So my right foot is in front. Yeah, see, I think in water skiing, so it's the opposite. I think most right-handers uh -huh. do put their right foot forward and I put mine back. I think I've got that right, but I've never associated it with a right hand, left hand thing because uh, everyone is so different. Yeah. So I, it's more just what you feel comfortable with. Maybe it's what you um, just started yeah, with. Or, yeah. So, I think it's just a natural feeling that you have when you pop up that whatever you naturally go with is what you go with, you know? Yeah. So for 40 years, probably a little longer than that, that I was water skiing, I was always right foot back. And that never changes. Every time you put on your ski, you're right mm -hmm. foot back. When I switched to wakeboarding, you kind of sort of still have a back foot when you're wakeboarding, wakeboarding and I went with mm -hmm. right foot back. So when I started doing this, I started right foot back. That's what's comfortable. What I didn't realize was you have to learn how to do both. You have yeah. to, there's no <laughs> option because the way you do this is you go across the river and then you come back. 
Well, when you come back, you have to physically turn your body on the board the other way. And you have to be left foot back. Are your feet strapped into the board? No, there are no straps. That's the other weird thing about this for me. I'm used to big boots that go almost up to your knees sometimes on slalom skis and even wakeboards. I would have big, secure boots. This, you're just standing on the board. Hmm. So Yeah, that's interesting because, I mean, I think you could just swap your feet back like the other way, but that's not going to be easy for you to do, if that makes sense. Like you can move them. Oh, yeah. You're cutting back. And that's what you have to do. You have to physically switch your feet on the board. Right. And you're right. It's not easy to do. It's a a whole new skill you have to learn. Unless you go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so when you're when you wow when you get to the other side of the river, and I'm I'm going to my left, and my right foot is back, and you're going across the river. When I get to the other side, there's a lot of things that have to happen. I have to turn the wing in my hand, and I have to turn my feet on the board, all while I'm making that turn to come back the other way. And now I'm riding left foot back, which is, uh, I have to learn a whole new skill. It's like trying to, if you're right-handed, it's like trying to learn how to pitch with your left hand. I mean, if you, anybody who's tried to do something with their opposite hand, it's really difficult. Wow. Yeah, so that's what, but of course, I just kept pushing and pushing and put even my feet hurt today muscles in my feet because your your toes actually work to grip the board yeah i just yeah i mean i think eventually that kind of thing like your toes like your feet oh, that'll hurting all go away. yeah yeah no doubt i don't think you'll be gripping with your toes like once you're comfortable i think that's just gonna I just don't think you really will grip with your toes. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think you're right now you're, you're over probably, you're, you know, you're yeah. holding things in ways well, yeah. because you're just learning. Right. But, yeah. um, gosh, what a learning curve though. <laughs> yeah. And, and for some reason, every time I read about this, when they compare it to kiteboarding, they're like, well, this is so much easier. It's, you know, family fun on the weekend. And I'm like, family fun, my ass. This is not easy. It's it's hard, it's harder than I expected. It really is. I just did not think I was going to struggle this much with it. But I also realized, and I'm glad I'm doing this, I haven't learned a new physical skill in, well, the last physical skill like this that I would have learned was when I learned how to snowboard um, in Colorado. It was like 10 years ago. Mm. Yeah, this is a difficult one that yeah. you picked up. And I'm sure. A, a <laughs> and week, then you're, here's you're my go goal. Into winter. Oh yeah, I'm going. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm planning on getting a heavy winter wetsuit, and um, I'll, I'll be out there. Yeah, because if, if you're going to commit, yeah, you're not going to want to stop. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. If I if we have a decent wind day, I'm going to go out. I'm also going to buy a new kite. I'm going to buy a bigger kite because I I got the feel now. We had really good consistent 25 knot winds yesterday what a difference Mm -hmm. i did not and everybody told me oh if the wind's low you're just going to struggle you are it's hard to learn when there's not enough wind 
And I kept thinking, no, I'm, but boy, the first time I felt a really good, strong wind in that kite I, or the wing, I was blown away. What a difference. So if yeah, we have good sure. wind days, I'm going. I don't care how cold it is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you say we take some calls? Let's do it. All right. Let's, let's go to Illinois. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? I can. What's on your mind today? Oh, okay. A uh, couple of things. Uh, I guess I'll skip my my pill story because I'd rather talk about snowboarding and, and surfing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but yeah. I, uh, yeah, I was going to mention snowboarding. Maybe that would... Because, you know, snowboarding is like a toe edge and a heel edge. I didn't know if you had ever done it, but you just mentioned you did. So completely, just, I couldn't figure out. Completely different. Uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing I've ever ridden, skis, snowboards, waterboards, wakeboards, barefoot. I learned, I spent one whole summer learning how to barefoot. Um, nothing so far feels like this foil. This foil is a whole wow. new animal. The other crazy thing about it, it shocked the hell out of me when it, I first got up. I have, up until yesterday, well, I'd only been out one other time, but I never got up on the foil last time. I got up on the board. We just didn't have enough wind, I, and that's why I wasn't getting up on the foil. So this time, we had enough wind. I got up, and there's this little motion you kind of do to get the foil to come up if it won't come up. You kind of pump back and forth between your front and back foot. So I'm thinking, I, I don't want to come up on the foil yet. I just want to come up on the board. I want to get the feel of the wind in the wing. And the next thing I know, the wind was strong enough. I just came up on the foil without even trying. I didn't do anything. And it shocked me because you come a long way out of the water. I mean, you know it. And I will tell you this, the crashes become far more spectacular when you're up on the foil. When you're, yeah, when you're three feet off the water, the, the crashes become pretty spectacular. Although, I, I was watching people crash and I was, I'm, I'm watching them, and I'm, it, it's, it's almost comical, but I realized why they were doing it, and virtually everybody does it. The one thing you should not do on one of these foils, don't try to save a crash. And I'm so stubborn, I always think, I can pull this one out, I can pull this one out, and I, I'm learning real quick, don't do it. That, that board, you don't want to tangle with that board. And when you try too hard no. to save, you're almost about to crash. So what I see people doing, and I just have to kind of get myself used to this, when people feel a crash coming, what you do is you just let go of your wing completely and fall off your board. You just, you don't try to do anything. Just let go of your wing and fall. And it looks comical when people are wing. doing it, but it's like the, the best way to crash. No wing just falls like where you can still get it. Oh no, you've got you've got leashes. Your your wing and your board. You've got oh. leashes to keep them with you. Are you you would lose both of them in the wind and the current. They'd be gone. Wow, I surfed as a kid in you know, California, and then I loved snowboarding later. And you know when I moved to Texas, so I loved snowboarding. Later. Yeah. Hey, Jeremy, wow. come come back to your phone. You sound like you're a mile away. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. How's that? There we go. Much better. And so, 
and, and, and Lauren, where, where is the best place to surf in Florida? <laughs> oh, we are not blessed with consistent waves, I'll tell you. <laughs> However, Hurricane hey, Earl I just wish. came by, and <laughs> for a week, for a week, we had really fun I, waves. I mean, are you on the east or the bay, the Tampa Bay, um, or on the Atlantic, or the Atlantic side? Oh yeah, okay. Side. So like, yeah, like well, Cocoa Beach or something, or yeah. yeah. Well, Saint, just Saint up here, Augustine like Beach, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Beach, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Lauren, it's oh, funny because okay. right. when I lived there, I remember this. When he asked, where's the best place to uh, surf in Florida? I was going to say during, during a yeah. hurricane. <laughs> That's the best right. time <laughs> to okay. surf in yeah. Florida is when a hurricane's coming. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what just happened for one week. We yep. had really good surf. I'm surfed, completely surfed out. Oh, We've been good. waking up at 5.15 good. and getting in the wow. water. You know, That's before up. you know, yeah. before the sun rises, and yeah. getting a few hours so, in, in the morning, and then try to get one in in the afternoon. So I have another story then, cool. since since I'm we started jealous. talking about surfing. So the one thing that I, I kind of did some research, I watched some videos before I jumped into this. I thought about taking lessons, and I thought, no, I'm just I'm going to figure this one out on my own. So the one thing, I, I'm glad yeah. I watched this video. The one guy pushed this over and over and over. He said, "Do not be in a hurry to get in the water." Learn the wing first. Play with it, uh, you know, on your lawn. Learn how to fly the wing. He said, if you're brave enough, he said, put on some pads and a helmet. And if you know how to skateboard, play around with your wing on a skateboard. Sounds really dangerous to me. But he said, just don't get in the water right away. You will struggle if you don't learn how to fly that wing first. Yesterday, I see this guy, and he's actually on a surfboard. So he's got a big, big board. You know, you can just stand on it. And and, and I'm watching him on the yeah. board. The guy clearly has surfed a lot, and he's really, really comfortable with this board. I mean, he's standing up on the board completely stable. In in We've got some pretty big waves going, some pretty big chop. He's completely stable. He's mm -hmm. flipping his wing back over, which is pretty hard. Your wing gets flipped upside down. Flipping it back over, it, 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 there's a learning curve there. But I can see this guy is totally comfortable on this board. Completely comfortable on the board. He didn't have a clue what that wing was supposed to do, though. I was watching him, and man, was he struggling. He's, it, that thing's smacking him in the head and in the face, and it's flipping upside down over and over and over. And I'm like, if he would have just taken 20 minutes... He'd be killing it out here. Wow, I've never seen the wing, Austin. Look at that. Uh, I, I, what's weird is when you guys are mentioning Goofy Foot, I was always regular with skateboard and even when I went to snowboarding. But for some reason, surfing, it, like you were saying, Lauren, whatever, I just popped up Goofy Foot. But I want to go back and learn all over again <laughs> so I can be regular, so I could... <laughs> kind of have more control like or do more turns because i know my right foot in the back is, is where i'm supposed to be but so when i did step i would just kind of go down you know and, and make one turn or so but anyway uh i have a question sure uh well tammy has a question about uh well we bought those female and male um enhanced or uh nutrients yeah and yeah. we hadn't taken them yet but we were thinking about maybe doing 
the the hormone cleanse, you know, and she was, her question was, is there a certain way to take those? What's the dosage or I guess, but, and then, but my question was, uh, well, I have a comment, you know, we take healthy fats and, and, and eat healthy fats and, 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 and eat clean, you know, do you think, uh, is that what, I was curious what nutrients would actually be in something like that hormone clean, you know, if I know you said hormones and fat have a lot to uh, do with each other, but so you know, you, cholesterol, healthy cholesterol. Are you talking about the um, receptor detox? Yeah, receptor detox or something. Yeah, yeah so you know, it's, I, you know, I don't know that. You think I mean, it's I'll, I'll read y'all. Oh yeah, I do think it's necessary. In fact, okay. um, have you ever taken them? No, not yet, and I don't think I need to. Okay. I, I don't think I'm going okay. to. I think this is one of those supplements I wouldn't okay. be able to test. I don't think I have any problems at all with hormones. My testosterone levels okay. are really high. Um, I think hormone-wise, I'm, I'm in pretty good shape, so I don't think this would do me any good. Uh, but, Lauren, one of the things yeah. we, we've always struggled with, and you know this better than anybody now because you're the one that deals with all these calls, the... The, this issue when women just don't get the results we think they should be getting based on the way they're eating. Yeah, it's the easiest way I can sum this up. You know, guys had a much easier time with this. They, you know, they went keto, they lost all the weight, they felt amazing, almost always happened with guys, and then their wife would go, I'm better at this than he is, and I'm not getting any of the results. And we realized there was a couple reasons. One, women tended to eat low fat most of their life, and we have to repair all that damage. Uh, men really didn't do that nearly as much. Um, women tend to deal with stress in, in very different ways, and I think that's a big part of this. Um, and we and we yeah. just and women are still more fat phobic, so sometimes I think they're not eating enough good fats. But even when they do, Lauren, how many times? And it almost always. Every now and then, it'll be a guy, but almost always it's women. We get to that point where, like, uh, we don't know why this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I think I've solved it. Well, I really I mean, do. And we're, we're about oh. to put a kit together. I think between the kit we're going to put together, which is going to be two of the biotics, the, um, the receptor detox and the uh, yeah. other hormone product from biotics, the new one, and the female enhancement from... Um, Shoot, what's that company? Uh, uh, ancestral. Ancestral supplements, right. Be- between those yeah. three supplements, eating a fermented carnivore diet with, yeah, we with, do. with some starch, <laughs> with rice thrown in once a week or so, oh, yeah. even twice a week if you can handle oh, okay. it, and the protocol. Or like hickam or something. Uh, white rice, I really have found is the best. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like, as All long right. as metabolically you can handle it. If you add white rice to your diet and you start yeah. gaining weight, stop it. If you add ri- white okay. rice to your diet and you're not gaining weight, then don't worry about it. And, and I probably All eat right. rice, white rice once or twice a week. So a fermented carnivore diet with starch, the three supplements, and the protocol, and I, I am convinced we will fix this. All right. Yeah, and we were just kind of bouncing, uh, uh, going through the ancestral, you know, we just figured, well, it's, it's a nutrient, so we'll just try that one next. And Right. 
I don't know what really results we're looking for, but I, you know, we we're just kind of something we hadn't taken. So, well, we're we're going to try it. Yeah, anytime we try something like this, I'm just and, looking for better results, whatever that means. More energy, less pain, better yeah, mental right, right. clarity. Yes, yeah, better sleep would be a big one for me if I ever find something that actually helps my sleep. <laughs> now, I will say this. When, when I'm doing the protocol and I'm not overdoing everything else like I am right now, everything was improving, including my sleep scores. So I don't know if this, you know, will, will I be able to get all the way up into the 70s or 80s by doing this? But, but the one thing I can tell you that I can now measure is I can measure when I overdo it. And when I do, I, I slide backwards. All my numbers deteriorate. So now I, now I have a better tool good? for managing this. I, I'm shocked that after last night getting less than three hours of sleep and have a sleep score of zero, right this moment, I feel pretty amazing. I don't know what I'm going to feel like in a couple right, hours, so but right now I feel pretty darn good. So, so it could just be numbers versus how we, you know, like you said, everything based on nutrients and how we feel. So maybe it's just uh, not a direct, direct I, connection. I, I just there, don't or, think we're measuring sleep properly yet. I just don't think we understand right, sleep well enough to measure it right. Okay. Is that watch the diesel too? Is that everybody's getting? Yes. Or that, you know, you're recommending it? Or, yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as far as... Uh, uh, hormone uh, or the hormone cleanse that product whatever whatever what the hormone detox uh, receptor detox uh, oh receptors is that something that needs something specifically to, to uh, kind of detox or would would fixing your overall health and diet kind of do that for you or is there some specific nutrient that would is needed? Well, that's what this is. This is a bunch I of specific... I didn't read the ingredients. Yeah, it's yeah. a bunch of specific nutrients designed to cleanse those yeah. receptors. And sometimes, yeah, okay. maybe, maybe for some people, diet does it. And some people, it doesn't seem to. Yeah, okay. So it... It, it, it depends. Yeah, yeah. It, it really does. And we, we still okay. say the same thing. Always try diet first. If diet alone isn't doing it, that's when we start looking at supplementation or protocols or whatever it might be. Yeah, because right. genetically, yeah. you could have, you know, you can have different genes or lack different genes that do not allow you to metabolically cleanse and clean things out properly, like detoxify properly. And unless you've been tested for those, you just you just wouldn't know because it's not something that anyone really talks about. No doctors are going to talk to you about it. No, and you know, Lauren, right. there's, a, there, there's another good point there too. Um, genetically, none of us may be capable of clearing some of the toxins we have to deal with today. A hundred years oh, ago, very, yeah. we didn't have all these toxins. Right. When we talk about detox, right. we have to remember what we're talking about. We're talking about toxins, yeah. foreign foreign objects and, and nutrients or anti-nutrients. We're talking about things that should not be in our body, and we're trying to get them out. That's what detoxing is. But we're also dealing with right about, okay. you know, 
10,000 chemicals that never used to exist, our body might not be capable of clearing these things out on its own. Well, yeah, they're pretty certain glyphosate is one of those like forever chemicals that you can't really get out of your body. So it accumulates. Yeah, which is scary. So then you have to work really, really hard to avoid glyphosate. Good luck with that. I know. (laughs) That is very difficult these days. Yeah. Yeah. When they find it in wine. Oh, Oh, we're doing it. Yeah. Well, you can try. Oh, I hope. Well, that's the thing. I mean, the more food and stuff they test, the more they find that glyphosate has gotten into just about everything. Oh, man. Like even the cow's grass? (laughs) Well. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, man. No, it does. We know we get cross-contamination from farms that are non-organic and stuff blowing into organic farms. Exactly. Yikes. Okay. Well, that was, uh, I'm sure, show. Oh, yeah, as far as the dosage. Uh, that was, her, that oh, was yeah. question. For, for right now, for right now, I am going to work <laughs> up a protocol. For right now, just take the dosage of each particular item that it says right on the label. It says on the bottle. Yeah, just start yeah. with that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot. And you don't have to do it. You don't have to yeah. do it for very long. I would just right. do. You know, oh yeah, it's one yeah. thirty days or fifteen yeah, days. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. One cycle. Yeah, whatever. Is, uh, we should be good. Yeah, whatever is on the on the recommended dosage, it'll you know however that lasts, um, like one pill bottle basically, um, and I'm I, yeah that should be fine. And it put it this way, it can't do any harm. Exactly. So there's no harm in 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 you know using it. Right. Just just you know so we know these. These, it's just nutrients. It's like all of our supplements. So there's some niacin, some B6, some calcium, some iodine, magnesium, zinc, selenium. And then there are what they call their proprietary blends. And these are mostly just plant-based. It's cilantro, dandelion, parsley, um, chlorella, milk thistle. And one of the things we do know about herbs Herbs are powerful detoxifiers. You know, we we think of them just as, oh, you know, is cilantro healthy? We get so little of it, you don't even think about whether it's healthy or not healthy. Um, Most herbs are really powerful detoxifiers. Yep. So cooking with fresh herbs, something I absolutely love to do. I have herbs growing all over the garden. Um, cook with fresh herbs. They're, they're powerful medicine. Let's, uh, let's continue with the calls here. Let's head off this time to Tennessee. James, welcome to the program. Boy, that line sounds awful quiet. James, are you there? James. All right, James, I'm going to put you back on hold. Brittany, could you check that line for me, please? Let's go to Virginia. Elliot, welcome to the program. Hey, I'm doing all right. Um, that's a question on the cardio here. Sure. Uh, I read on the back, it said, like, do it twice a day. Can you do it more than twice a day and 
more than the recommended or no? You know, you can. Um, there aren't many nutrients in supplements that we really have to worry about overdoing. What I would tell you is that I don't think you're going to see any extra benefit by doing it more. So why waste the money? That, that, I, I just don't think I you're going don't. to get more of a benefit from it. So two, absolutely do two. I don't think I would do three. I, it's fairly expensive stuff. I wouldn't want to be wasting it. Yeah, it's like I make a 16-ounce bottle in the morning. I put two scoops in it, but, you know, I make, might drink it all in, in the morning time. Oh, yeah. If you feel like doing another scoop at night, it's not going to hurt anything. Yeah. And it said on there... But, Two hours before meals, does that really matter or no? Uh, you know, anytime you see these recommendations, what they're trying to do is they're trying to maximize absorption. We, we don't just automatically absorb everything we put into our body. Some things we don't absorb well at all. And, that, and we do know that you should take certain things away from other things. If, um, for example, if you're taking you know, activated charcoal because we think there might be some sort of an infection, you have to be very careful to take activated charcoal away from other drugs or supplements by about a couple hours. Otherwise, it will bind to those and carry them out of the body. So this isn't like it's not dangerous to, you know, take Cardio Miracle while you're eating a meal. You may not get maximum absorption by doing that. So that's really what they're just trying to help you maximize the absorption rate of the product. Yeah, because I'm not really a big coffee person, so I just I drink that like in the morning. Yeah, that's fine. Morning drink. That, it's, yeah, if you if you want to drink it with a meal, it's not going to hurt anything. You, you may not get quite as much absorption. If you're doing three scoops a day, you probably don't need to absorb as much each time. Yeah. All right. That's all I really need. Yeah, so the only real downside to that is you're going to spend a little more money. And it is an expensive product, but uh, it's been a really, really good product for us, too. Um, Lauren, how's that going with you on the uh, the one-on-ones and the discovery calls? You're getting good results? I mean, I have people that call me and they're like, it's been less than a week and my blood pressure is dropping. Should I stop my blood pressure medication? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's great. I mean, yeah, yeah for the most part. For, well, uh, most of them are not, are not, they haven't gotten that far to, to start purchasing things from the, the website, um, from the store. So, you know, a few of them, I'd say there's a, percent, you know, a small percentage that have already done that. But um, a lot of the calls that I'm getting are people that need some guidance and don't know where to start. So they're coming, you know, to us to, to start a, pro, a protocol. But yeah, the ones that are taking it, they, they all have, you know, positive feedback from it. Good. For sure. Good. All right. We, uh, we're coming up on the two-hour mark. I think we're out of calls. Uh, we'll hang out here for just a minute or two. Go back through my notes and see. You know, I, I was going to talk more about sleep. We kind of covered it through some of those calls because the real lesson here is I, I almost feel like I when I go back on the sleep thing, I'm going to start from zero again. And, and I'm just not even sure where to go right now. Um, 
Mm-hmm. I'm just going to have to start digging and experimenting. But like I said, getting feedback from people where I can see now that good sleep, in my mind, because my one health problem that's really kind of left over that I haven't been able to fix is the sleep issue. So in my mind, it's become like the big thing. My God, if I could fix sleep, I'm going to be superhuman. Um, but maybe not. Because I'm looking at people that get awesome sleep and they're still struggling with some of the same things. Could it be, could it be, could we get to the point where we say maybe this, this idea of hours and hours of sleep and this much deep and maybe we're just wrong. Maybe it's not that important. Maybe. I mean, there is already you know, a belief that some people don't require quite as much sleep. So that's already been widely accepted. Right. So maybe perhaps we will, you know, kind of say, well, maybe the percentage is actually larger than we thought. And there are people that benefit from less sleep. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's, uh, that's the big question right now. Um, it's shocking to me that we don't know. I know. I agree about that. I mean, you would think by now we'd have sleep down, but there's still so much to learn. Well, and, and let's think about it. Is the pattern of poor sleep getting better or worse? I feel like it's getting worse. Far worse. Far worse. Everybody today seems to be, look, I, you know, I almost hate to say this, but I am convinced if I wanted to just make a whole bunch of money and retire, I could do it in probably about two or three years. And I know exactly how to do it, really. And, and it's so sad that I could do this, but I could. I, all I would have to do is come up with a reasonably well-developed sleep supplement. And I could. I mean, I've done enough research I could come up with it. And it would probably work for a lot of people better than, you know, what's on the market now. I'm pretty sure I could come up with one. Then all I would have to do is do a massive ad campaign. On, and I'm talking nationwide media kind of massive ad campaign. It would yeah. sell like crazy. Whether it works or not, doesn't even matter. Just run the right commercials, have the right, <laughs> it, 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 you know, the, Get a couple good celebrity testimonials, not hard to do, and you'd be off to the races. Mm-hmm. And and all you have to do is spend enough money on advertising and you'd make it all back. I, I'm completely convinced I could do that, make a ton of money. But I don't want to. Yeah. No. But it's a it's a, a huge You have a problem. higher purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge problem and it's getting worse all the time. It really is. I've, it's something that I've been coming across more and more. And it's just, you know, I get a lot of people who feel like they're doing everything right. And it's Doesn't stress matter. and sleep. It's all coming yeah. down to stress and sleep. Yeah. Because stress a lot of the times is going to affect your sleep and vice versa. Correct. Yes. If you have a bad night of sleep, you will handle stress very poorly the next day. And when you're stressed, it's harder to sleep. But the other thing we're learning now, which was kind of crazy, is you can be really stressed while you're sleeping. Oh. Yes. 
That have, doesn't sound very good. We have people that their stress level stays above 70 the whole time they sleep and their body battery does not regenerate. Oh, gosh, you would, I, I did not, I didn't actually realize that. I mean, for me, I've realized that I can stress myself out and then I won't get good sleep. For instance, if I eat too late or right. if I eat something that's, you know, higher in carbs or have alcohol, then, I, you know, obviously that's going to affect my sleep. I see that immediately. That is very apparent to me. Right. But as opposed to, but, but what else would kind of keep you in that stress state while you're sleeping? Do we not know what we don't it is? Know. We don't know. And here was the first clue I had about this. I had been wearing the watch. This goes back to when we first started working with Garmin on the watch. And I had been wearing it and I was, you know, finding all the things and learning about the body battery and the stress level. And um, Lisa got her watch and it was, there was a couple weeks in between. I'm not sure why. So I had already learned quite a bit about it, but this was all new. We never used to be able to measure a lot of this stuff before. Um, the instant stress was the big one. So Lisa gets her watch and we're all excited. We want to see her numbers. And takes a couple days before it starts reading and she wakes up one morning and her body battery is like five. And yet she slept, she slept for multiple hours, more than six, if I remember right. And we thought, mm -hmm. well, wait a minute, that's wrong. I mean, that doesn't happen when you sleep, your body battery goes up. It happens to me every single day. Now we didn't have a lot of experience with this stuff. It's new, but so I thought, well, let's give it another day. Maybe it's just not registering everything yet. Next day, same thing. She slept. Her body battery wasn't over 10. So then I, I, you go look at the instant stress. And I'm like, wait a minute. It says you were sleeping, but your stress level was over 80. How does that happen? So this went on for like three days. Her body battery would not come over 10. And I actually called Garmin. And I said, hey, I, I, I think something's wrong. And they said, no, we, we really don't think anything's wrong. We tested this a lot. And I said, well, let me explain what's happening. And they said, well, maybe it's her watch, but we don't think so. She might, that just might be what's happening. Sure enough, you can sleep and be completely stressed the whole time you're sleeping. Wow. Yeah, it's bizarre. No, we that's, nobody ever talks about that. Really we never knew it. that. Uh uh, that is very interesting. Yeah. So the idea so I guess that we just don't know why you know just fixing your sleep is going to make you a lot healthier. I, not true. You can fix your sleep and not mm -hmm. fix much of anything else. Sometimes. Hmm. All right, let's grab another yeah, call. So. Let's go to Texas. Gary, welcome to the program. How are you, friend, Kevin? Good. What's I'm on your mind today? To bad area, so maybe. Yeah, I'm kind of going to the bad area, so maybe it'll straighten up here. Um, yeah, I was thinking about putting in a garden next year. Okay. And I'm going to put it in on the ground. Uh, I've got a disc and all, and I can disc it up. But my question is about that. Um, I've got a lot. I mean, my pasture is full of bahia grass. Okay. So that's where I'm going to put it without 
using the Roundup and all this and that, how do I get rid of all that grass and keep it going so it doesn't just come right back up? Yeah, so I'm glad you're calling now because you really want to start working right now to get your soil ready for next spring. So there are a couple ways you could do this. You could get like a sod cutter and just, you know, cut the cut top couple inches off and get rid of the grass that way. You could lay down heavy black tarp um, for a couple weeks and it will kill it down to the roots and and it really won't come back. Um, Ah, So I'm going to recommend a book for you too. I want you to go get a book by Gabe Brown called Dirt to Soil. Absolute excellent book. One thing I will tell you right now you should be doing, one, killing the grass. I wouldn't till it. Tilling is too deep. We want to do no-till gardening. You can can work about the top four inches. You you don't want to disc down that deep. I mean, that's part of what destroys the structure of our soil. So this whole idea of no-till gardening where – or farming even, they're, they're doing it on farms, where you only disturb the top couple inches, just enough to get rid of weeds, get your seeds planted, but we don't want to keep digging deep into that soil. We just destroy the structure over and over. So right now, huh? if, if you are bringing in any kind of soil amendments, um, compost would be awesome, manure, anything, you know, to kind of enrich that soil a little bit, kill the grass off, enrich the soil and plant a cover crop. And I have a a seed company that does a blend that's designed for the Pacific Northwest. It's seven different plants that all improve soil in different ways. There's like legumes in there because legumes put nitrogen back into the soil and help the soil fix the nitrogen. Um, One of the plants in there, I forget which one it is, is really good at breaking up the soil and keeping it from compacting. The single biggest improvement I made in my soil was using that cover crop last fall. I I put it out heavy. It comes up like a big, thick grass, grows three or four feet tall. um, And then you just, you uh, weed whack it and let it all spread, and then you just kind of, not really till it, but just kind of work it into the top part of the soil, and they actually call it green manure, and it it, it was incredible how much it improved my soil. Huh. Okay, and you said put a, uh, a plastic tarp or whatever you said yeah, for big, a couple of months should kill roots and all on all of it? It probably won't even take a couple months, a couple weeks. Yeah, good, heavy, black plastic, landscape, you know, plastic. Um, Cover that up. It'll kill all the way down to the roots. Okay, good deal. So I had another question on the Cardio Miracle. And I've started, or I'm trying to start. I've only done it a couple times. In the evening, on my evening dose, I'm mixing it with just a little bit of water, um, maybe not even a cup full of water. Because I'm going to bed. Okay. So I don't get my bladder full of water. But yeah. I, I'm sure that would be fine and not drinking a full glass of water with it. It, it, it. Yeah, as long as you could handle the taste. I mean, there's nothing about it that yeah. requires a bunch of water. So, yeah, you, you could take it on okay. minimal amounts of water as long as you can handle taking it. Yeah. 
You know, here's the other way we would take supplements like that, and they just do it as a powder because it's so much more convenient. They could also take, I mean, think about how much material is in one of those scoops. Now, take that material and just put it into capsules, and we could swallow 10 capsules instead, and we'd be doing it with one swallow of water, and you'd be fine. Right. So, yeah, you, you can put it in the minimal amount of water if you want. Okay, good deal. Because I I really like the taste of it, and the stronger that tastes, oh good, like just a cup yeah. of water. I like that even better. Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. So, all right. Well, I think that's about all I had. All right, get that book. It's worth it. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. So good, good. Yeah, I learned so much uh, in that book. My my soil has become incredible. I, I'm really blown away by how much you can change your soil. Lauren? Very cool. There you are. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. yeah the so- I mean, soil is everything. Oh, yeah. When it's... you are a cattle farmer, you're actually a grass farmer. That's right. Because the, the grass and the soil is the most important part. It, let me correct that. You should be a grass farmer. <laughs> you should take yeah i mean that's it joel salatin that's it that's he says all the time he says all i am is a grass farmer he's the animals do everything else he says all i do is make sure there's good healthy grass yeah exactly yeah it's pretty amazing part. yeah it's so amazing to watch um how a real regenerative farm works and and how well it works and then compare it to how we have screwed up our agricultural system so bad. I know. It's true. Isn't it awful? It's a shame. It truly is. We can fix it. Yeah. I don't think we're going to. We could, though. And that, that whole idea of, yeah, yeah. oh, my God, you can't feed the world. You know, we have to have these big factory farms. No, you don't. No, you don't. We can, I, I am absolutely blown away by how much food I can produce in a very small area. Oh, yeah. You know the difference, though? And I heard something yeah. the other day that kind of it struck struck home with me. It said the difference between farming and gardening was basically that in gardening, you give individual care to every plant. And, and that's true. And you, you can't do that in farming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to have systems. You, you can't be out there in, you know, I have a hundred tomato plants. When I have to work on them, pruning and staking, that's three or four hours just for a hundred plants. What would you do if you had a thousand? You know, so you, you it, it, but in, in, a, in a garden, you can actually give individual attention to each plant. And when you can do that, you can grow in, in pretty strange ways. I'm shocked at how much I can crowd an area with different types of plants and they all grow really well once you learn how. And, and you can't do that on a farm. Would you mean like you you mix different plants in one in one particular area yeah. or Yeah, and it actually works yeah. better. The best example is the, the Native Americans called it the three sisters. They would they would yeah. plant beans 
and corn and squash together in the same area Mm -hmm. and the beans would use the corn stalks to climb which was good for them and the corn stalks would shade the the squash which you know so it it all really worked together and you produced a lot of food in a very small area yeah it's that's pretty cool permaculture is just kind of it's it's kind of similar isn't it where but it's more involved and you have a lot more variety. Right. right. Yeah, there's a there's so much to this. My goal, you know, every year I try to have a, a new big project in the garden. I, I want to learn something new, move on to another skill. Maybe it's, you know, learning how to grow a new plant um, or a new group of plants. Mm-hmm. The one year it was, you know, learn how to recapture all my own seeds. So... Now, my goal right now in the garden is to extend the season that I can harvest food. And my ultimate goal is to be able to harvest at least some food 12 months out of the year. Wow. That's That's pretty cool. That's the new project. So I'm loading the fall garden up with root vegetables because we're mild enough that I can just let root vegetables almost mature from now till, you know, when when winter kind of really sets in, then they'll go dormant. But they're supposed to last all winter in the ground. So that's going to be my first attempt. Well, if that's all it takes, all I have to do is plant a bunch of root vegetables and I'll be able to harvest them if I want them in January. That seems pretty easy. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. I know. know. Uh, I'll be curious to see what you end up with and if you're able to keep, you know, things growing throughout. I know I mentioned this on one show. I don't think I was talking to you, though. Did I tell you the trick I learned about cabbage? Can't wait to try that one this year. Oh, yes, where you flip it upside down. And then just rebury it. And unfortunately, I (laughs) used up all my cabbage out of the garden, a lot of it. I fermented everything. I made curdito and kimchi and sauerkraut and all kinds of crazy stuff. I used up all the cabbage. And then I learned this trick. And I'm like, I didn't know I could do this with cabbage over the winter. So I'm I've got a bunch of cabbage plants I've started in the lights in the greenhouse, and I'm hoping I can get them mature enough um, before winter really sets in so I can try that this year. Oh, cool. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I don't understand how that's going to work, but <laughs> I know. I'm curious to see if it does work. Yeah. I guess it, it turns out that the best condition for storing a lot of vegetables, not all, some want different conditions, but a lot of these vegetables, the, the best conditions is really cold and really humid, which would seemed odd mm. to me. I would have thought you, you, you know, you would think you, if you don't want mold growing and things to rot, you would think you want things really dry. But I guess what happens, it's so dry that the, the, the the food will actually kind of dehydrate itself. It'll just lose all its moisture. So I guess it does Mm -hmm. kind of make sense. And so if it's really, really cold and very moist, you shouldn't have bacteria growing. It's too cold. And the moisture preserves the food from drying out. So it, it does kind of make sense when they, when they show you how to store 
food in a root cellar. You, you are shooting for a very cold, high humidity environment. Well, isn't that what mm-hmm. burying something in the ground creates? In the winter time, the ground's yeah. going to be very cold consistently all the time, and it's very, very humid. It's wet. Yeah. Yeah, it should work. Yeah. So, and, and the only thing is you don't want that food to freeze. You don't want a hard freeze. So, you know, I'm moderate enough. I don't have to do much of anything. I mean, if I thought we were going to get a really cold freeze, I'll make sure I have some hay bales on hand and I'll just pile hay on them. Does it not snow there? It does. But when it snows here, it's about 30 degrees every time it snows. Oh, so it's it's okay. Yeah, it's never a hard frost, a hard freeze. You know, we just don't get those those cold temperatures for long enough. Worst case for us is we'll drop down into the teens a couple of days during the winter, but it will only be for a couple hours. You know, it might happen at about three or four in the morning. We might dip down into the teens and then by noon we're back up into the 30s again. So it's not long enough to really hard freeze anything underground. Got it. What we huh. get in the wintertime is a lot that? of rain. Our, our typical winter day is oh. 45 degrees and foggy, drizzly rain. That's winter for us. Huh. That is... Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's I a, guess it's a strange climate. I don't know. It's, yeah, I bet it's cold. I mean, it must feel colder than it actually is. Then because it's so wet. Yeah, really does. Yeah. 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 That's the, how San Francisco is. Well, even Florida. The one winter I spent living on the beach uh, in Daytona, we were living right on Daytona Beach. Um, that winter was miserable. Oh, oh, I, you know, I was used to <laughs> Orlando winters. I absolutely loved them. The winter on the beach, and that was a bad year. I mean, we had a lot of cold days for Florida and wet, and it, it was really a miserable winter on the beach. Huh. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know. That's how, to me, that's how San Francisco summers are. Yeah, I lived there I for know. a year, and... yeah. It was so wet. Isn't all it awful? The time. I know. It's not good weather yeah. at all. No, it's really not. October, I'd say, is the best month. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, probably. But, but yeah, you're, you're like thinking, oh, summer's around the corner, and then it's, it's like colder than the winter, and it's like foggy and just wet. Everything's wet. The, the other winter I experienced, or summer I experienced like that was um, um, Lisa and I had a house in Colorado and we were at 9,300 feet. And we were, Ooh, on the, we were on the wrong side of the mountain. We were on the south side. No, the north side. We're on the north slope. And in the wintertime, your sun is way south. So the north slope yeah. never gets any sun. And I swear we had a summer where I said summer forgot to show up this year. And I moved. 
I said, I'm not doing that again. There is no way I am looking forward to summer all winter and then having summer never show up. I'm not doing it again. And I loved it up there. It was beautiful. We had all kinds of wildlife. It, I loved the hiking. But there was no way. I, I, I love summer too much. I, I'm not missing summers. Yeah, I agree. All right. I, I really enjoy the heat. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we have another call. Let's grab one. Uh, I might be able to take a couple more and then we might have to wrap this up here in a little bit. Um, James in Tennessee, you there this time? Yes, sir. Uh, my reaction with, uh, uh, what was that sleep bag you talking about earlier? Valerian root. Yeah. The Valerian root. Uh, I had nightmares with that. Really? I've heard that before, too. Yeah, I don't get nightmares. I just can't get to sleep. Right. <laughs> Any idea what causes that? No. I do know that high... Besides the valerian root? Um, high-dose melatonin can do that, too. High-dose melatonin, okay. um, it, it feels almost more like hallucinations than nightmares. It's kind of weird. Okay. Yeah, it was something strange. I didn't take it very, very long. Well, here's the... Um, here, how long will an older prescription... Here's, here's the thing we should remember about that. Virtual, so far, virtually everything we know about sleep is that it is a mental process. So we're going to be taking nutrients and supplements and drugs that directly affect our brain. So we probably should expect side effects like hallucinations or nightmares okay how long is an older prescription still good should say right on the bottom years old i thought all prescriptions have expiration dates on them okay but is that something we need to go by pretty strictly or i would because i don't know anything else to go by i i don't know how i don't know that they've got Typically, yeah, what, I don't know that it actually had an expiration date. It, it just, it should. It, I knew what I, date we what was filled. I, but, I, okay. I, let me see if that's actually a requirement. I think it is. Require expiration dates. I feel like it is as well. Yeah, I would I, be shocked if it wasn't. I know. Um, okay. Uh, my oh. next question, is there well, a home wait, test for here, ammonia levels? Here's the crazy thing. So I, I would assume that, I, and I do know most prescriptions have expiration dates. I've seen them. I, they're common. I thought they were required. I'm still not sure if they are. But um, listen to the first thing I read. And this is from Harvard. Um, what they found, and I'm just reading a little blurb. What they found from the study is 90% of more than 100 drugs, both prescription and over-the-counter, were perfectly good to use even 15 years after the expiration date. Why the hell do we have an expiration date if it doesn't, if it's not true? Why do we do stupid stuff like this? So you can throw them... So you can throw them away and buy more. You're right. That could be the only reason to do something this stupid. 
Where did you just read that from, Kevin? Um, I'm just going to send you the link because I just did a, a search and it was the first thing that popped up. FDA study gets to the heart of expired medicine and safety. And I, I all I read was that little blurb I just read to you. I'll send you the link right here. Um, I, I'm probably going to go do a little research on this because now I'm, now I'm curious. Cool, uh, I make oh, you think. Okay, since a law was passed in 1979... Drug manufacturers are required to stamp an expiration date on their products. So it is a requirement on prescriptions. Um, the requirement says that um, this is the date at which the manufacturer can still guarantee the full potency and safety of the drug. What I've heard for the most part is that drugs don't become unsafe to take. They become less effective. That's what I've okay. always thought. Right. So this other study from Harvard, maybe they say, oh, yeah, that 15 years later, you can still take the drug and it doesn't hurt you. I'm going to do some more research on whether they found out if it's still really effective after 15 years. Yeah, because what you just sent me is a Harvard Health, like, you know, from the Harvard Medical School. And it was two years ago, just two years ago that they right. wrote this. It does say 15 years. <laughs> that know. is wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. No wonder why we're all confused. Seriously. <laughs> well, you got to wait 10 years to get a new report, you know, on anything. Oh, well, un unless it's the FDA talking about vaccines, and then we have to wait 75 years. Right. But, I mean, that's like even eggs, you know. Ten years ago, they were good for you. Then ten years before that, they weren't, you know. It, uh, everything's ten years. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what about pneumonia, le ammonia levels? Is there a home test for that? I don't know. Why are we worried about ammonia levels? Well, if your liver's got problems and your ammonia levels get high, you start talking stupid and hospitals don't even know to check for it unless you tell them. And then when they realize it's high, oh, I'm glad we checked that. So you've experienced this? Uh, my sister had a liver transplant. And when yeah. her ammonia levels get high, so and, and uh, that's why that's why I was asking. You know, she for, talks, for talks this, stupid. we don't yeah. we don't deal with stuff like this. I don't research stuff like this because you're talking about advanced liver okay. disease here. This isn't you know somebody's a little metabolically unhealthy and their liver isn't functioning correctly and and we need to watch ammonia levels. If somebody is concerned about ammonia levels, they have severe liver disease. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, I oh, just didn't know if there was a home test or something. I, I, there might be. I yeah. don't know. I, I honestly don't know the answer because it's not something I have ever come across that is a concern for the, the kind of you practice. you were all eyes, all knowing. Oh, no, no, no. Every once in a while. <laughs> See, there, there was one time that I thought I was wrong, but I was mistaken. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's oh, a home goodness. test or not. Because it, like I said, it, it's not something okay. you deal with on even, even relatively, even unhealthy people. I mean, this is a pretty severe case. Like you said, she had to have a liver transplant. Right. Yeah, that that's pretty but, severe stuff. All right. Well, I was just wondering because my my girlfriend now is in the hospital, and that was one of her. Her blood there, gases were high, and her ammonia levels were high. So. Well, uh, yeah. Again, I I. We never see this in people eating a paleo-based diet. What we watch for, right, I get it. I understand. Yeah, what we watch for are just slightly elevated liver numbers in general. We don't even look at anything like ammonia. We look at alk phosphate and uh, bun and creatine and some of the other things, and we're watching kidney and liver function, uh, and we can see even minor changes in those numbers. What do you recommend for a fatty liver? Uh, carnivore. Low, the, the lower carb, right, exactly. the better. Yeah, the lower carb, the better. Yeah. It is carbohydrates and fructose primarily that creates fatty liver. So the quickest way to fix it, and it works every time. I mean, we just really don't see any exceptions to this. You cut out the carbs in the processed yeah. food, fatty liver goes away. All right. Thanks for the call. We're going I appreciate to. Oh. Uh, Brittany, go ahead and screen that last call that's on there. Um, we will make that the last call of the day. We're right at about uh, two and a half hours here today. And then I've got to get on with my day. I wish I was going wing foiling today, but um, even if I had time, that would probably be a bad idea considering <laughs> the way I felt when I woke up this morning. Um, oh, I bet. Oh, oh. I, I just, <laughs> like I said, I feel like I have a mental defect. I don't know why I keep putting myself through this. I do it a lot, though. Yeah. I know. Well, the whole, I'm, I'm just excited that you're getting into this whole foiling thing. I think it's a great hobby to have. Oh, me too. I'm excited about it. You know, the one thing that finally got me out of the water yesterday, because I was going to go back again and I knew I was tired. My legs were like jelly. My forearms were just so weak. I was having a hard time gripping anything. And I thought, quit, quit before you hurt yourself. Because that's what happens when you get to that point. You start making really stupid mistakes. And what, what finally got through my head was... I, I said the last physical skill I learned like this was snowboarding when we were in Colorado and Lisa was skiing that day and I was learning how to snowboard. So we didn't see each other the whole day. And I was, you know, one run after another and I was finally starting to get it, you know, and you get excited when you, you start to get it and you, you, you can learn. And so I'm like, ah, you know what? I, I'm just exhausted. I can't do one more run. I am just done. So I get off the, I get down to the bottom of that last run and I run into Lisa, not run into, but there she is. And she says, Oh, I'm having a great day. How about you? And I said, I'm having a great day, but I'm just exhausted. She's like, take one more run with me. And I said, I just said that about oh. 10 times. One more run, one more run, one more run. I said, I, I, and then I thought, <laughs> All right, we haven't been able to, we haven't been together all day. Let's take one more run. I almost killed myself. 
Oh my God, did I take a back yeah. crash? I caught the back edge, you know, because on the snowboard, you can turn around, go backwards, and do all kinds of things. And I was making a turn and I was on my back edge, and my back edge caught hard, and I was going fast. And my head bounced off the ground so hard. I think it knocked me out. It hit oh. me that hard. Um, and everything in my body hurt for about a week after that crash. It was, it was a bad crash. So yesterday I remembered that and said, eh, this is probably the time you should quit. Yeah, I think that's a good call. <laughs> yeah. And I knew I'm going to be sore tomorrow, but not as bad as if I, you know, have one of those really nasty crashes. Yeah, no, well, and that's the thing. Usually the people will tell you when you are tired, like that's when you have to call it. Cause that is always when people get hurt. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I knew one I was there. More, so, one, one. so maybe my mental defect is getting a little better. At least I quit before I had the big crash. Yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll call that Good progress. Call. Yeah. We'll call that progress. We're going to go to Dallas. Last call. Joe. You have the honors today. What's on your mind? Hey, Kevin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I, I just fought my brother for about a year on his sleep problems. I heard you talking about yours. And I was trying to get him to either go to a sleep study place or someplace like that. And I started going through all the stuff that was wrong with him. And one of the things that was wrong with him was uh, stress. He was taking the doctor. All the doctor did was said. Here's your Benadryl. Have a nice day. And here's the thing about Benadryl. Benadryl's only going to help somebody sleep if they have a buildup of histamines. Because that's all Benadryl does. Benadryl's just an antihistamine. But histamines are like um, excitotoxins. Um, histamines kind of rev up our body's metabolism and it makes us restless. So for a lot of people, if you are building up histamine for some reason, Benadryl will make you sleepy. And that's why they have to create non-drowsy antihistamines as well so people can take something during the day. My, my goal, though, is I don't want to have to take something to sleep. Well, the only thing he could figure out to, to, to make himself go to sleep was drive. So what that tells me then, that there are clues. I, here's the thing. Even though I'm standing here saying we don't know a lot about sleep and I haven't been able to figure out how to fix mine, I can help most people get a much, much better night's sleep. Even though I can't help myself. I haven't figured out my problem yet, but I've figured out about 30 other problems that we do know how to solve. When somebody tells me something like what you just said, driving works, that tells me it's not a physical issue with them. It's, it's mental. It's their thought process. They're not able to quiet right, their I mind. That's right. So I'm a chiropractor I've been going to for decades. And she told me behind your neck, on the bottom of your neck, behind your neck, there's a nerve right there in your spine. She goes, it's either that nerve or it's upstairs. It's one or the other. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's if, if driving is making him sleepy, it's because he's not able to see. I have no problems with that at all. My issue is not a racing mind or I can't 
turn off my mind or I'm worrying about, I have none of that. I can close my eyes and not think of anything and drop right to sleep. The problem is I will wake up in 20 minutes and then I'm wide awake and restless. That's a typical pattern for me. So that's one of the things we have to learn how to do. One is diagnose why somebody isn't sleeping. I haven't been able to do that with me yet. I can do it with almost everybody else. Lauren, earlier I was going to talk about the the pattern that kind of screwed up my sleep, and I think I got sidetracked. So I, I started to say I like to go to bed early. Well, I was, you know, at a place where I like to go to bed at like 8.30, read for a half hour, fall asleep at 9, but now I have a midnight show I have to do. So what I would do is I just kept my same sleep pattern. I would try to go to sleep around 8 or 8.30, and I would wake up at 11.30, and I would do my show notes ahead of time during the day. So I had everything ready to go. I'd wake up at 1130. But in order to be, you know, kind of awake and aware, I would need caffeine. So I would drink coffee. Mm-hmm. Then I would do the show mm-hmm. till like two in the morning and I'd be all wired from doing, you know how I get kind of excited sometimes when I'm doing my show and I get a little animated and I walk the whole time. Oh, yeah. So now two o'clock in the morning, I'm all amped up on caffeine and I'm, ready to go. So I wouldn't, (laughs) not a good time for that. No, I wouldn't be able to wind down and actually get to sleep till like four or four 30 in the morning. And I still was running two businesses at the time. I still had the trucking company and I had our let's truck business. So it's not like I could sleep till noon because I had other stuff I had to get back up and do. So I was sleeping on this weird, you know, interrupted pattern. And um, that is when all my sleep problems started. And I have not been able to figure out what went wrong. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of anything that you're doing that you could be doing differently or better. You know, the the one thing, and I just doubt that it would make any difference. I think this is probably a problem for us long-term, but I don't think there's any real short-term. I mean, I would love to be able to turn off everything at night. All the Wi-Fi, all the EMFs, all the devices. I I wish I could just flip a switch at night and everything in the house would turn off. You can you can do that. I know a lot of people that do that. I, I may work on that. That may be a part of what I, it's, it's one of the few things I haven't really worked hard to try to eliminate is all the EMFs at night. I, I don't think it's going to make much difference, but I'm still going to work on it. Oh my goodness. I really hope you do. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've you got might it. just be hypersensitive to it and not, it's possible. not even know yeah, it. It's possible. So I'm not going to rule anything out. I'll try anything that looks like it has some logic behind it. And that, that clearly does. I mean, that, that's not natural. None of that is natural. We shouldn't be surrounded by all these frequencies and signals. No, you're absolutely right. But that is the best way to do it is that um, a lot of people have a switch and they just switch off, they power off their, their Wi-Fi because then everything's off your computer, your TV, everything. The question is though, 
is do you have everything running on Wi-Fi? Yes. Like, is your air conditioning going to... Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I'll change those things. It's just not going to be easy. I mean, alarms, okay. alarm systems. Yeah, it's not. Right. Oh, yeah. The, you know what, then? If you have, a, like, uh, one of those smart homes, essentially, is what it is, that uses Wi-Fi for all the components like that, then yeah, I definitely wouldn't rule that out as being something that's negatively impacting you that you wouldn't typically think about. So here's one of the things I'm thinking about working on. Um, And I know this seems kind of weird and it might seem a little extreme, but I I don't think so. Um, why, Why do we need, and I know we don't need it, but why have we gotten to the point where it's not uncommon that somebody might have like a 300 square foot bedroom, right? I mean, now you have, you know, you have bedrooms yeah. where people put sitting areas and couches and, you know, you got a full, full ensuite <laughs> bathroom with it. And, and I, you know, I'm thinking, why didn't we, or why don't we now, if sleep is this big of a problem for everybody, why don't we develop something and I'm going to call it a sleep chamber, where the whole point of this space is to create good sleep. Our bedrooms don't do that. Our bedrooms are kind of a disaster for sleep. We have windows that allow too much light in. There's too much noise. We have too many Mm -hmm. electronics. We have all these little, you know, your TV has a little red light on it. Your DVR has a little blue light on it. We take our phone to bed with us. Um, The temperature isn't right. When we talk about sleep hygiene, getting all those things right, we do a horrible job at that. Why don't we develop a tiny little space that's for nothing but sleep? You're absolutely right. Like sleep pods. I mean, I know. Why don't we have sleep pods in our house where the the temperature's controlled to where, you know, it's really good for us, the noise levels, there's no light, there's no EMFs. Why don't we have little sleep pods? I think that's a great idea. I'm going to work on that. I mean, no one's going to, I don't know who's going to do it, but there are people that have, they go as far as to, Faraday, their bedrooms and their yeah. paint. That's what I'm thinking that you about. Paint right. your walls, with. right? Yeah, it, we could create and, a sleep um, pod black. where where even if the whole yeah. house is completely wired for your securities and your cameras and all that other stuff, everything works all night. But you create a space that's shielded from all that. Yeah. Well, and think about what a difference that would make if you can control just your sleep situation like those seven to eight hours when you're sleeping every single day, that is a huge portion of yes. of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so. why people have a Wi-Fi shut off in their, you know, in their bedroom so that at night they're powering everything down. Um, they, you know, they, I mean, I think Luke's story grounds his bed with like yes. a grounding table oh, or I, like a grounding I, mat. I have a grounding mat. For bed. There you go. Yeah, I do. That I got one of those early on. I've got a, I don't use it anymore because I didn't really notice any difference. But maybe it's because I mm-hmm. didn't do enough of that. Maybe it, just a grounding mat wasn't enough. So, you know, I'm approaching this yeah. like I did the stress. When I started on the stress uh-huh. protocol, 
there was a ton of information about stress except no answers. There was a lot of information, what causes stress, what are the downsides of stress, what are the symptoms of stress, how to avoid stress. I read all of, but there was nothing that said, if you're really suffering health issues related to stress, here's how you fix it. That, that, that it isn't out there. But we were, I was you're able right. to create ah. something. And so now I'm looking at sleep and it's the same thing. There's a ton of information about sleep. I think I've read almost all of it. That's tongue in cheek. I'm sure there's a ton I haven't read, but it's all the same. It just keeps saying the same thing. I can't find anything new about sleep. So there's a ton of information, Mm -hmm. but there aren't any really good programs that, that you really learn how to improve your sleep. It's true. So that's my challenge. I'm trying to think. Well, I have I have some tools. I will also look into it, and Good. we can Good. kind of compare notes and whatnot. I like that. Let's do that. All right, I am going to wrap this up. Um, I do have some things I just have to get done today, so I'm going to wrap this up tomorrow. It's tomorrow, Thursday. I don't think I have anything laid out for Thursday at all yet, so I have to find something. And then we'll have Rolling Toe, of course. Friday, I'm hoping John and Joel will be able to join me. Um, Other than that, anything you want to close with? Hey, one more thing I want to mention. I don't know if you heard this. I know you were listening to some of the show this morning. Have you seen that new device for sleep apnea? No, I have not. Oh, this is so scary. I cannot believe we just but you keep said going it's an down implant? this road. It's an implant. I just can't How believe. How does that even work? So mm. they implant it. I think I'm going to go do some more um, research on this because all I really know is what I see in the uh, commercial. It's called the Inspire. So the website is inspiresleep.com. No mask, no hose, just oh. sleep. Um, so I'm going to check it out. Yeah. So here's, here's the little blurb. Um, Inspire is an alternative to CPAP that works inside your body while you you sleep. It's a small device placed during a same-day outpatient procedure. So they put a device inside your body. I think it's in your chest somewhere. And then you have a handheld device. And I think this thing must be some sort of a switch or a valve or something. But you put that device over your chest and it activates what's ever in your body. Mm. Not no. no. Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> and I swear the commercial, they, they, these drug companies have, you know, some of the best PR advertising firms. It shows this woman and she looks healthy oh. and fit and she's walking down the street. She's smiling because she got such a great night's sleep. And she's talking about, she throws away the hose and the mask. I don't deal with that stuff anymore. And then you kind of hear somebody in the background say something like, so did you get the implant? And she stands up all proud and confident, says, yes, Sheila, I got the implant. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, I know. (sighs) 
Yeah, I'm going to have to look into this a little. It doesn't look like it gives you much information. Uh, no, I, I the couple so. times I've gone, you know, I didn't. Um, I didn't. I'm really not seeing much. But, you know, all you have to do is go do a little research on how many medical implants have failed and get pulled from the market. This is a very, 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 did I say very common thing? Common. <laughs> these, these medical <laughs> implant devices fail all the time. Yeah. You are correct about that. And we keep doing it. We have a horrible track record with this horrible track record. And yet here we're now we're going to do it for CPAP. Really? <sighs> How many people yeah. have we helped? This is one area we've helped a lot of people sleep better. People who did need a CPAP mm -hmm. machine to sleep and no longer need one. This is not a hard problem to fix. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get into the research that I did on mouth breathing versus nose breathing today, but there are some really interesting things that I came across. Like, for instance, it, you know, um, nitric oxide is produced by the cells in your sinuses. And yes. so if you're breathing in your, in your, through your mouth, you're not producing it. Correct. And we know that that dilates our, you know, our airways as well as our blood vessels and whatnot. So very, very interesting information that I came across regarding this. I have a Which challenge. We'll, we can you. get a look. You know, yeah. Let's hear it. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. What do you think about at some point you doing a destination health show on your own? Filling in for me. Yeah, I'd love to. We have to kind of figure out. Do it. Oh, you! I know you could. Um, you'd be awesome. At it. We <laughs> kind of have to figure out the technology a little bit. But I've been looking at this, and there are just some times where, you know, when when we were with SiriusXM for the first, ooh, like twelve years, I didn't take vac I didn't mm -hmm. take holidays off. You know, my thought was I work at home. You know, it's not like I have a big, long commute and I can take time off whenever I want. So, I'm, you know, a lot of drivers are out on the road on holidays. We kind of set a policy that if, if our show fell on a holiday, we just did the show. We didn't take holidays off. We just take time off somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So year after year, I did shows on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, Fourth of July, whatever. If it was a holiday, we just did the show. About 12 years. And then that got a little old after a while, you know, missing all the holidays, not being able to plan things the same. So I finally said, you know, I, I'm going to start taking some holidays off. Um, yeah. And we did, and, and it was good, and I needed it. And then I said, you know, it's been several years since we've really taken a vacation. But it, again, it was because, you know, we can jump in the coach and kind of go have a vacation and still work every day. So I thought, so I haven't been taking time off for years now, not as much as I should. Um, that's going to change. I, I need to take time off. I, I was getting ready to when my contract got canceled. And then my thought was, I'm not taking any time off right now. If we have to go build a new network, you know, we need to just, you know, put our head down and just work through this. Um, 
so at some point, you know, the network's up and running. We're growing every day now. I, I'm going to look to be able to take some more days off from the show. So uh, Destination Health, I think you could do this. I mean, this doesn't have to change hardly at all. So, and, and certainly not all the time, but I'd love to have you just do the show mm-hmm. once in a while. Yeah. I don't see why. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is I need to look. I think, I think we've got something coming up where I am going to have to take off a Wednesday. I can't remember what it was, though. So maybe you keep working on that that topic and that could be like your show great let's work on that great we'll check the schedule see what uh see what that looks like because i think that's an awesome topic yeah it is it was it's i came across a lot of information and it's a very popular topic lately so i can definitely get pretty deep into yeah yeah a lot of interesting breathing to talk about it yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. All right. We're going to wrap this up. I got to get moving. Uh, anything you want to close with? I think I'm good on my end. All right. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. <laughs>